I'm not gonna lie, this was my favorite conversation to date. With all due respect to my previous guest, this one gave me so many goosebumps because of all the scary stories my guest shared with me. Budget Tan, who is the co-creator of Trese, a comic book that focuses on a young woman named Alexandra Trese, she investigates all the paranormal happenings and I think it is super awesome. Trese will be brought to the US by Ablaze Comics, so please do ask your local comic shop or LCS to check it out. Trese is in English, so most fans will be able to understand and appreciate it just like me. This episode is brought to you by Next Comic Art, which represents the next generation of Filipino comic book artists just like Miguel Mercado, Kim Masinto, Rian Gonzalez, Kevin Lebranda, and of course, Trese co-creator Kajo Baldissimo. The art Kajo has been showing me is just magnificent. You want to get a page from the Trese series? All you have to do is sign up now at www.nextcomicart.com That's N-E-X-T-C-O-M-I-C-A-R-T dot com And right after this is my conversation with Budget Tan. To everyone listening, happy Trese Day! Joining me all the way from Billand, Mr. Bajatan. How are you, my friend? Hello! Hey, Jiggy. <laughs> uh, doing well over here. It's uh, morning right now. And yes, I sorry for the delay. I had to no, 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 no. cook pancakes for Seraph, uh, our master. <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording this on October 3. I'm not. Yeah, it's October three, but this will be up on which I'd like to call Trese Day. Can we can we use that <laughs> on October thirteen? Yes, October thirteen. Happy Trese Day, Budge. <laughs> Thank you very much. You yeah. can have it. Please yeah. use it. <laughs> you are absolutely right, Jiggy. No one has ever thought of making October thirteen uh, Trese Day, so this might be uh, a first. Yeah, diba? So yun. Anyway, um, ha- budget is currently living in Billand, near very near the headquarters of Lego because that's where he works. So before we get into the scary nitty gritty, we can go with the bright and colorful world of Lego. So how has it been working for for Lego? Oh, it's been fun, of course. Um, I work in the ad agency of Lego. Um, and I've been here four years with my family, with Wella and Seraph. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's still work. I mean, it's still ad agency work at the end of the day. But of course, the fun thing is we get to see the toys a year or sometimes two years ahead of everyone else. And oh, we two get years to, And we get to play with them. Oh, wow. Yep. So the Super Mario was that two years? That was four years in development. <laughs> 2016. So I, when I joined, turns out they were already working on it, but they were so secret. I only found out about it, um, yeah, maybe a year or so, a year ago, a year and a half ago. What was your reaction when, when you heard about it? I was, I mean, just like everyone else, I was surprised that they didn't do uh, a 
a minifig uh, version of Mario. But when we started playing with it, then we started to see, oh, this is going to be fun for the kids and the adults. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that was the, the reaction of everyone else, and and we you know we purposely teased people by showing them the Lego Mario first and showing that it has an an, an LED screen on its belly, and people were like going, "What's that? You know, what does that do? Give me a minifig." <laughs> I think uh, it's it's not impossible to have a minifig. Oh well, yeah, well it yeah you. You always see it in um, in the social feed of people. So you have the people who are happy with it, and then you have the people who are saying, "Give me my minifig." Because <laughs> in San Diego Comic Con, like the minifigs are super hard to get. Yes. Sometimes, do I dare say patayan? Need man patayan. <laughs> but, um, they're pretty. Th- they're pretty rough. Yeah. And initially. They had they they were giving it out at the main Lego booth in the morning. Yeah. When they found out that the exhibitors were falling in line early, oh. they decided to put it outside na. Oh. And for and, attendees. They'll check your badge. It's you fall in line. So yeah. they made it more fair for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Which is uh, good. And have Which you is had good. a chance to pick up one of those? Have you lined up for one of the... Yes, I lined up several times. Okay, cool. And I'm proud to say that I am undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, but fantastic. I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll fall in line anymore. I'll, I'll keep that uh, record uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, I flawless. Oh, nga. Oh, nga. Correct, correct. So you can say undefeated ka nga. Oh. Yes. Yes. And in, in San Diego, time is money. Yes, like you can just buy the the minifig for once it dies down. Yes, the price will the prices will go down, and ah. that that's the strategy I I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it is so exclusive that we don't get it here. I mean, they they really stay true to their word when they say it's an exclusive. And I and remember somehow... asking you about it, mm. and you said, oh, "Yeah, we don't know." <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. There is a um, one of the fun places that we used to go to before the whole lockdown happened is the, the library or the brickyard. Or actually, I don't know what the official name is, but there is a place here uh, in the office where every, every imaginable brick and minifig is available for the designers. So when we have a break, we sometimes just walk around and we like, you know, assemble our own minifigs just for fun. But the pieces that are used for, for San Diego Comic-Con and the exclusives cannot be found in that place. Wow. Yep. So the mold for the Deadpool duck, it's not there. <laughs> well, I guess I can get a, a Donald duck and then put it together. With a... <laughs> <laughs> On a Deadpool yeah. body. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that should work. <laughs> that should work. Not, well, maybe uh, kind of close, but yeah. Puede na, puede na. All right. Have you made a Trece minifig? <laughs> no, that's oh. a very, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, because it's um uh, and maybe it's just because I'm lazy because the the shelves are divided by 
you have all of the heads on one side, you have all of the bodies on the other side, you have all of the feet on the other side. So yes, it's uh, it it's always um, what do you call this? It's just overwhelming every time I go there. I'm sure. Um, but but yeah, I mean, some of my uh, because there are other Pinoys over here. So one of them, um, actually for the for the fun of it, he made a brickheads trese. Ooh. Uh, so mas, mas, siya, ng pieces. Uh, but there he did it for fun and you know showed it to me and said ah oh, that's awesome and so yeah it's a question of uh, who do we pitch this to <laughs> <laughs> Netflix <laughs> anyway um, since but, it is Trese Day uh, celebrating Trese Day what's the latest on Trese that you can share with us can you talk a little about the the show on Netflix that's coming soon. Yep, um, I obviously I can't talk uh, about uh, I can't talk much about the series. Uh, we all have to wait for Netflix to make official announcements. Um, so I can only talk about what's already been said out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and funnily enough, uh, before we got on the call while I was making pancakes, I was watching um, a podcast uh, with uh, Jay Oliva, our director and showrunner uh, of Trese, and um, uh, he was he was very nice enough. So it was a podcast with other storyboard artists, mm-hmm. and he was nice enough, of course, towards the end when asked about what are you working on. Uh, he talked about Trese. So, um, so yes, they're still working on it. It's still in production. Um, and he talked about how, you know, uh, happy he is and how uh, proud he is to be working on such a project. Um, he did say that for the first time, um, he feels he got a call on a project because he's Filipino. I mean, of course, you know, be, being the director of like uh, the DC animated films like, you know, Dark Knight Returns and Flashpoint, mm-hmm. uh, Justice League Dark. Of course, you know, he's he's used to getting a call of like, oh, do you want to work on this project? But he feels that when Netflix called called him, he was like thinking, oh, are they are they getting me because I'm Pinoy? So it felt it felt great that, you know, that that they're that uh, a company like Netflix, you know, for a project like this actively sought out, you know, Filipino talent to work on it. I'm really uh, happy to know that a Filipino is working on a Filipino book. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And then he did say, and I now now I can talk about it because he said it. <laughs> he did say that when they started casting for the voice talents, he was so surprised at the number of Filipino voice talents uh, that applied, or that the number of Filipino voice talents that are based in the in the U.S. Um, and and one of them even said, one of them to, told him that, oh, you know, all this time I've had to hide my Filipino accent every time, you know. They, of course, they have to sound American or whatever it is, right? So Jay said, no, no, bring out the accent. <laughs> so when you write Alexandra. Budge. I, yeah. I am super interested that you brought it up. The voice that you imagine, is it an American accent or a Filipino accent talking like or talking in English? It's um the way I've thought I mean uh, I guess on on default mode, all of my characters talk like me, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> which is which is of course like that goes to show you're an awful writer and a lazy writer if all of the characters sound the same. 
Um, and then and then eventually I find ways to make each speech pattern quirky. But the way they talk, I've always imagined them talking, uh, yeah, like, you know, like how we normally talk, meaning we would lapse into into Filipino and shift back to English when we need to express ourselves that way. So even though the entire dialogue of Trece, or at least 99% of the dialogue of Trece is written in English, in my head, there would be moments when she is speaking in Filipino, except I've translated it into English. Mm. Um, of course, there would be moments... suggest to direct Jay that there should be like a deleted scene that Budgetan is voicing all the characters. <laughs> I, I did request for that, but I think... Uh, Time and uh, resources did not permit. <laughs> I did say, oh, can we make a cameo appearance? Can we be the voice of I don't know and a swan that gets shot somewhere? Uh, but but yeah, um, not this time. So uh, <laughs> uh, let let's see if we if we get that big break in some other occasion. Really, really excited for for when it comes out. Um, and congratulations with the ablaze deal. Thank you. Finally, Trece will be available in the U.S. market. Yes. In this November. <laughs> so, and yeah. I do have friends in the U.S. who are listening. Okay. They enjoy the podcast. So I'm going to recommend it now that you should buy Trece from Budget Tan and Cadio Baldissimo in your LCS. Yes, absolutely. Okay. In the LCS. Yes. Great. Can't be- wait. For a Midtown Comics picture uh, that Tressa is available oh, there. Oh, that would be awesome! I yeah. follow them on on Instagram, and it's uh, it it yes, it always makes my my heart beat faster every time I see that big store. <laughs> it's like ah, I can spend all day here. Yes, true, true. But of course, to the Filipinos who still haven't read Tressa, Tressa is one of my favorite comics with a K because. Budget happens to be one of my favorite writers. I, we met in 2010. Wow. Okay. In Mega Mall, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. In the Correct. Metro Comic Con. Yes. Right? Was yeah, it Metro think... or Comic Con or the Comic Con? Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. It might have been the first and only Comic Con that happened in Mega Mall. I remember it launched the same time 12 from Manix uh, ah, debuted. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And I I was blown away with all the Tressa stories. And then the next time I saw you, I said that I really like yung a little known murder. Oh on studio was it Studio 54? Uh Studio Four. Uh, studio Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was and maybe I should tell everyone that the Philippine folklore or mythology that really scares me are the duende. What? Yes, Why? it's because of the Maalaala mo kaya series or stories. Okay. okay. Maybe why I'm scared is because they can give you il- illnesses or sickness that med- normal medicine can't cure. Yes. So that's what creeped me out. And what was the episode about? And did it show a duende? It was punsoy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. I'm getting goosebumps. And we're actually we just finished the thirteenth minute. I think that's pretty creepy. No. <laughs> oh, nga, no? yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I, th- that wasn't planned, ah. No, that wasn't planned. But yeah. anyway, I just for people who get scared easily, 
maybe you should stop listening now and fast forward to the timestamp that I will share <laughs> later on in the description. Yes, but warning. I wanted to get budge for a Halloween episode and mm. um I requested that we talk in the daytime. <laughs> he said, Oh, I'm free eleven PM Manila eleven forty five uh, Manila Times. Uh, no, <laughs> if we're gonna talk about your real life scary stories, I'll, ha- I'll have to politely pass. Okay. So I did l- the research. I I read Yvette Tan's interview. Yep. at Seven a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yes, yes. Good time. But anyway, what do you think was scarier? But was it the Merville or La Vista? So, so since the Merville story happened to me as a baby, then that's the story I heard my mom would tell to people in a very casual manner. So if other people, you know, grew up hearing, oh, you know, when Budget was a baby, he was so cute, he did this thing, my mom would tell the Merville story. The La Vista one was more scary because I guess, you know, I was already in college then. And thankfully, that incident happened, uh, the initial incident happened while I was away. I was uh, abroad at the time. But I did participate in the spirit quest. Um, The Scooby-Doo, the mystery machine. (laughs) Yes, that's a nice way of putting it. But for for everyone to hear, could you... Tell us the Merville story from you, straight from you, because it's okay. different when you hear it versus reading it. Okay, okay, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, so the 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 Merville story is about how when I was uh, six months old, we had moved into a new house um, uh, in Merville subdivision, uh, and it was a house on Madrid Street. Um, it was me. I laugh if someone listens it. He or she's from Madrid Street. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Everyone on Madrid Street is going. Is it this house? (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, and I can't. I need to find out the 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 street number again. Um, but so anyway, probably thirteen. Thirteen Madrid. (laughs) It would be awesome if it was thirteen, but I think it was in the forties or something like that. No, because I remember because um, uh, in in our library at home where, you know, I would rummage for scrap paper, there was a bunch of envelopes which my mom had printed and our home address was on it. So I remember, you know, it, it still had the, the, that address on it. That's why I remember. So anyway, so we moved there and, um, uh, and we just hired my nanny, my yaya, who eventually, you know, brought me up and brought my brother up, my yaya Lani. Um, and of course, you know, we had, uh, my dad had a driver and we had uh, maids at home. Uh, and, uh, and at that time, we had two relatives who lived with us. So we moved there. And when we did move there, strange things started to happen at the house, which my mom said, that's, that's all, you know, you're you're making this up. You're just are you pulling a joke on me? And the other people in the house would say, "Oh, lights would switch on and off, and no one's in that room." Um, what do you call this? Slippers were seen moving across the floor, you know, by themselves. Uh, the driver, my dad's driver, said at one time he needed to prepare the car and get it out of the garage. And just and he was all alone in the car. And as he 
switched on the ignition, he heard a voice say, Ingat ka! Wow! Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> and then, um, uh, one of the, so two big incidents uh, were uh, my, my uncle. So I had two uncles who lived with us, uh, my mom's cousins, and um, they were living in the, in the same room and it had a, a, a light bulb. Uh, as its main source of light, and they said, um, at you know, at late at night, the light bulb slowly started to unscrew itself until it, you know, popped out of the socket and it fell on the floor. Um, and then ah, they heard. They said, uh, they said at three in the morning they heard a voice outside of their room. So the next morning they asked my mom. Uh, you know, he said, you know, were were you were you awake at 3 a.m. and were you uh scolding the maid? Pinapagalitan mo ba yung maid at 3 in the morning? He said, no, I was asleep. He said, oh, but there was a voice right outside our room. Um, the other thing, and I don't know if I mentioned it at with when I talked to Yvette, we that house had a swimming pool, and one no, that uncle, was not there. Okay, so my uncle woke up at 3 in the morning. Uh, and I could just be making up the three in the morning bit, but he woke up late at night because he could hear a sound again coming from the pool area. And he said, when he woke up, the the pool looked like it had tidal waves. And he said, oh, you know, he they didn't feel if you know was there an earthquake. They you know they don't remember you know feeling it, but when he woke up, he just saw these waves on the pool. So again, all of these incidents, none of them ever happened to my mom. So every time someone would tell her, "Oh, this is happening around the house," she would say, "Ah, oh, that's you know, the the usual uh, explanation back then is, 'Ay nako, kulang lang kayo sa paligo.' So, <laughs> was what she would tell the the people, the household, and my relatives. And so, finally, uh, it was summer. Uh, she said at that time she had given me a bath. I was six months old. She placed me on the bed and she turns around to pick up my clothes. And when she turned back to look at me, she said that half of my face had wrinkled up as if I looked like an old man. And that that side of the face, my eye had turned gray, you know, as, as if it was you know, like a, a, an eye with cataracts, you know, like an old man's eye. And then suddenly she just... All of the stories she heard all those weeks suddenly came rushing into her head, and instinctively she she knew that you know something had possessed me. So the first thing that she could possibly think of doing was that she slapped me. She slapped my face, and she said, you know, she said that she commanded the spirit to leave me, and that supposedly I didn't cry after she slapped me that hard. Wow! So she dropped down to her knees and she just started praying. And then she said, you know, she was praying the rosary. And I don't know if she, fin- you know, if did she say all the mysteries of the rosary? But she said, after praying, that's when my face returned to normal. And that's when I started crying. Wow. Um, so, Sorry for the foreign listeners. You said, uh, from the drivers, ingat ka. So yeah. it means take care. Yeah, yeah. Because it might be super creepy in foreign <laughs> language, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it might have sounded like you're going to die. No. <laughs> um, so, um, 
they then got in touch with a, a, a spiritualist. Um, not a quester. Not no. At that time, there there was no spirit questers. Okay. But I guess there were already people who were you know your usual uh, psychics and and people who can conduct seances. It was the seventies, you know. Uh, so I think that was. Remember, this is around the time the Ouija board. <laughs> Parker <laughs> Brothers came out with a Ouija board, for goodness sakes. So you know this this whole spirituality, you know, talking to the dead thing was uh, uh, a thing back then. Um, so yeah, the, so they got in touch with um, the the a psychic, and I think the psychic used to come out in TV shows back in the seventies. And they came to the house and they conducted a seance. Uh, my mom didn't want to participate in it, but my uncles, my uncles who who saw the light bulb in the swimming pool go crazy, have tidal waves, they participated in it. The psychic that was uh, that that joined them was um, uh, a little lady who was probably like what ninety pounds, you know, uh, light. And uh, so they held hands. They summoned the spirit. And when the first spirit came, um, supposedly she was trying to break away uh, from them. And she was so strong that the two men in the room could not hold her down. Wow. Uh, So the spirit was supposedly that strong. Um, What they found out was that the one that was like uh, the, the, I guess, the, the violent one or the angry one, was the spirit of an old man who used to live in the house and he used to own the house and that supposedly the house was somehow and this was like years ago you know years before so there were other the way i understood it there were other owners of the house after him but essentially the title of the house was taken away from him and that's why he was so angry uh, that people were moving into his house the curious thing was that there was actually a second spirit that was haunting the house. And turns out it was the daughter, the daughter who stayed with the father until he died. So somehow I guess their spirits were linked. And turns mm. out she was the one who told our driver, Magingat ka, take care of yourself. Because the, the, the spirit of the daughter had fallen in love with the driver. Of your dri- your family driver? Of the family driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So so they had to um they they talked to the spirits and they were saying, um, uh, you have already passed away. This is not your house anymore. And then the the words that they used is you need to move on to progression, you need to follow the light was so they were like trying to pacify the spirits and guide them. And supposedly, eventually, the spirits left the the psychic, and you know she reverted back to normal. So after this, the so after the seance, it they never appeared again. So here's the interest. So they never appeared again, and then the psychic said, um, "You will know that the spirits have left if a glass uh, a glass object, a glass um, item that is important for you, if you suddenly fa- find it broken for no reason at all." Um, and what happened was because they were so, you know, shocked by what happened. And since it was summer, they, the family decided to go to a trip to Baguio. And I said, oh, no, not Baguio. Okay. Huh? 
Not Baguio. No, 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 no. Nothing happened in Baguio. At okay, least okay. That I know of. But what happened was my mom said, okay, we're all going to Baguio. Uh, and for some reason, I think earthquakes were prevalent back then or maybe a big earthquake just happened. So she was... Extra- the Hyatt, was it the Hyatt? No, no, no. That was that okay. was in the nineties. But there was yeah. a big earthquake, I think, back in the seventies. Okay. So she told she told the maids to uh, everything that's uh, uh, breakable, uh, wrap it in newspaper and put it in boxes, so that you know, in case there's an earthquake, it doesn't fall off the shelf. So we went on a trip and then came back sometime later. And then when we got back to Manila, my mom said. Oh, I'm so thirsty. Can somebody get me, you know, uh, a glass of water or juice? And she had one favorite uh, glass, which was like a tall glass. So the maids then got the box from the storage room, unwrapped the box, unwrapped the newspaper, and her favorite juice glass was cut in half neatly. I said it was it like split in half. And they were and like, that was the only be, one that was, it was broken. The only one that, that, you know, it happened. You know, was it like a defect? Was it there's, did it get, you know, but would it get broken in such a way? And, and yeah, and they just could find no reason why that uh, uh, juice glass got broken that way. And yes, the spirits never bothered us again. At least there was some good that happened right after. Yeah, yeah true, true. So I'm, I'm but, happy. I didn't know the. The glass part was not included in the Ivetan interview. <laughs> no, no. And yet, yes, I still got goosebumps. <laughs> Which yeah. now, so after Merville, you did you move directly to La Vista? No, there were a bunch of other houses. Uh, so we moved to La Vista in the nineties because at by that time I was already uh, going to Ateneo uh, for high school. And what street was this in? <laughs> Six, uh, 16 Maranao. Maranao. Yep. Wait, isn't that the main road? No. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. I have Barcada living in La Vista. <laughs> but the funny thing was after we moved out of that house, so we moved out of the house after my dad passed away and the new owner of the house decided to, um, uh, what do you call this, rebuild. So they... They demolished the house. Um, Maranao. In Ma- the 16 Maranao house. Okay. They demolished it in 1999 or maybe 2000 because we moved out 99. And they were planning to supposedly rebuild a house there. Uh, but during the construction phase, weird stuff started to happen and the construction could never get done. <clears throat> so it might have been the other, the other creatures we met while we were in the La Vista house. Wow. <laughs> Could you tell the listeners the La Vista story? I know that there was a war <laughs> ongoing when you were there. Oh, yeah. Well, we, yeah, we didn't witness it. Okay, so what happened in La Vista happened in the 90s. Uh, it was 94. Yeah, okay. The, now that I think about it, it was 94 because that was when I um, uh, flew out uh, uh, and went to visit relatives uh, in the U.S. and in U.K., so, so I get a call from my mom and she tells me all of these things over the phone. And it just, it just freaked me out. So there were several incidents before we also, which led to us inviting the spirit questers to come and conduct a quest. Or I guess it was a kind of seance 
to talk to the entities in the house. So first, uh, the first incident was, um, oh, let me start first with what my mom and dad saw. So Sunday nights, our tradition was that we would all sit in the lanai that faces the garden, and that's where we would have family dinner. So me, my mom, Brandy would normally sit at that table um, and we'd have dinner there. By this, so I wasn't at home. By this time, Brandy had gone back in his room, so it was just my mom and dad um, at the table. We At that time, we had a big black Labrador named Shaquille. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and then he... Oh, so in La Vista... Uh, uh, we, there were coconut trees you know there were a lot of trees in that village in our garden we had these two big coconut trees which became uh, which bats love to hang out in so it was normal for us to see a bat fly you know uh, down to the garden there were spotlights that were pointing to the garden which meant insects would gather around the spotlight so bats would just suddenly fly in and like mm-hmm. you know, chomp down on the insects so it was every now and again you'd see it in the corner of your eye and eventually it became a normal thing. But this time, my mom noticed something fly down towards the spotlight and then it just suddenly stopped and it hovered in front of the spotlight. So finally she... And then our dog stood up and started to growl and he rushed towards the spotlight but just before he could step on the garden, the our dog suddenly stopped and suddenly went uh flat on the floor you know he like like he bowed down and he started to whine you know as if he was afraid wow and then my mom and dad that was the time they like looked at what was that thing that was hovering in front of the spotlight and it had bat wings but it was a human head with bat wings on the side of its neck but it did not have eyes or a mouth. But you could see, suppose that's what she said, you could see the features of the face, but it was just hovering there. And then she looked at my dad and said, do you, you, know, do you see what I'm seeing? And my dad said, wait here. And my dad went up to, to, the, to the room. And she's, she was thinking, thinking, you know, she... Maybe he's going to get a weapon. Maybe he's going to get a gun, you know, for whatever this is. And my mom, brave woman that she is, stood up <laughs> and wanted a closer look. And, and she said, also before she also got to the garden, the, the floating head just vanished. It just like, you know, uh, um, yeah, it just vanished. And she turned around and she said, she said she was waiting for my dad to come running down with something and my dad would not yet come back. So she went up to the room and she, she saw my dad there already drinking a glass of, uh, <laughs> of, of, uh, of rum. <laughs> oh. and like, well, why didn't you come back? And she said, and, and my dad said, Oh, so she said, he said, that was an aswang. <laughs> you should. <laughs> and then my mom said, why did you leave me? <laughs> That's a completely different conversation. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, in my, my, so that was the thing that happened to my mom and dad. Um, and so my mom, the next day, 
um, uh, ever so casually asked the house help, you know, oh, have, has anything weird started to happen here? You know, she didn't want to feed information to, to people. And Were say it's the same house help from Merville? No, no. Uh, uh, no, no. So by this time, so brand new, brand new. I don't think anyone would have lasted that long. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, yeah, it might have been maybe you're the one bringing all of this to our household. Okay, okay. So, um, uh, oh, no. Uh, okay. Um, so, what happened was, um, so she asked them, and then our, our cook was the one who said um, that something weird happened to her. Uh, so, they sleep inside the house, but their toilet is outside of the kitchen. So, if they have to... Yeah, go to the toilet. They'd have to step out. And she didn't say at like 2 or 3 in the morning, she stepped out of the house and she saw something on the wall the, that divided us and the neighbor where normally you would have a cat walking on that wall. But this time she turned and saw a head. It was a human head and it was rolling what? on that uh on that, uh, what do you call this, cement wall, hollow oh block wall. Um, so, so my mom tells my dad, and my dad had been reading about uh, the spirit questers, uh, and by that time I had, you know, returned to Manila, and uh, Tony Perez, the professor who started spirit questers, was my professor uh, in Ateneo. So I contacted them and said, "Can you?" please come to the house and, you know, because things uh, have been happening here. We didn't tell them anything. I have a question. Yep. So there was no internet at that time, right? No, How we... do you contact the spirit questers? <laughs> By phone? Were they in yeah. a directory? I'm super curious. Well, I think because by that time, uh, well, uh, so when the spirit questers began their quest, um, Tony Perez had a, had a column in Philippine Star. So he regularly wrote about their their quests. And Rui de Vera uh, uh, joined them. So he wrote about it from his perspective for the Inquirer. Um, so, Rui and, de Vera and, was yeah, the spirit quester? He accompanied them. So, I mean, he wrote a lot about it. So I can't remember... We'll have to ask Rui, but he definitely wrote. There was a period of time he wrote several column or uh, articles about them. So, uh, meaning he joined them for those particular quests. Um, I think he joined them for the, especially the big ones, the ones, the time they the went to one. Balete, the Baguio one, and Manila Film Center. Um, so I yeah, so so you could contact Tony Perez through Ateneo or through Philippine Star. Um, but by that time, the quests had become so popular, they actually had teams already. They had like, you know, just like the X-Men, they had the blue team and the gold team. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Tony, so Sir Tony didn't get to go to my house. So he sent, you know, he, he sent Cyclops and the other team <laughs> to my, to our house. Um, uh, so they came to the house and um, so a little bit about the house. So aside from the garden, we have a den, which means it's the lowest part of the house. And to everyone who believes in feng shui 
and all of those other things, uh, what do they call that? Any, if a house has a depression or like a, a lower part, supposedly it's always considered unlucky uh, mm. by you know, different cultures uh, or at least the Pinoys and the Chinese, I guess. So anyway, so, but we gave them a tour of the house without saying anything. So there is a garden in front of the house. There is a bigger garden at the back of the house and there is a den. We then brought them to the master's bedroom, Brandy's bedroom, my bedroom, uh, the library, and the the kitchen where where the toilet was, where the where the cook saw the head, and then finally they said, um, uh, "Let's." Uh, so they went to the den. They came out of the den and they said, "Let's conduct the this quest in the den." Um, so I joined them for that quest. My dad, <laughs> my dad, and my uncle, my uncle who used to live with us in in Madrid Street, joined. Came that night, but they didn't join the quest. <laughs> they were just at the lanai drinking, drinking more brandy, fundador brandy. <laughs> so they were like, oh, just, "Just tell us what happens." <laughs> they were preparing themselves by getting drunk. Um, so we went to the den, and if I remember, so they were they requested for a, a white candle. I can't remember if there was a. A basin of water included, but there was a, there was a candle involved, um, and we all sat down in a circle. We held hands, and the rule was, of course, just like in all of the movies, never break the circle. Don't let go <laughs> of oh, the person okay. next to you. Um, and they had a medium. There you go. They had one of them was assigned to be the medium who spoke for the entities. Uh, but you know, but uh, unlike the movies, her voice, her voice didn't change into you know, it didn't. <laughs> she didn't do that. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh. What do you call this? Okay. So they started the the seance or the the quest. They called it the quest, and it was more about. So it was it was a very how would I say it was um you you needed to be uh, remembering it now. The tone was very polite. It was a request to speak to the spirits. Um, and so supposedly one by one, the entities came forward. So, so And you were here. Um, but they spoke through the medium. Okay, okay. So, so the medium would then say, uh, uh, this, this entity is talking to me and he is saying, or she is saying this and that. So that was how the conversation went. So yeah. nothing, you know, there was no Hollywood special effects happening okay. Okay. during the quest. You know, no wind suddenly came into the room. So it was just, you know, we were very quiet. Um, and then the medium just started to speak and, and say, you know, the following inform- pieces of information. So what we discovered was that the, the head, the floating head was actually a duende. Which again, we've never ever heard of the duende taking the form of a floating head, right? Yeah. And we said, you know, after finding out more information about them, we asked, why did you do that? And the duende said, oh, I was just having fun. So they have a very strange sense of humor, these duende. When you started talking about the duende budge, there was uh, thunder just now here where I am. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, it's all sunshiny here. Good for you. <laughs> it's about to rain here. Yes. Anyway, so, so that they, they wanted to make fun. 
they, they which were is strange humor. <laughs> yes. Um, and we found out that they he was just part of a tribe. So they, they said they were a tribe of duende that lived in the garden in the back, and they were the white duende. And oh, white, not brown. No, no, they were white. Eh? Am I right? Did I say brown in, in events? Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, they were the lighter color. Sorry, for the foreign listeners, duende are like elves, right? Little elves, dwarves. Um, I guess they're a mix of um, they they've been described to be they're our version of the little people. So yeah, I mean, okay, okay. Um, so it would vary from I guess it's closer to a dwarf because I guess for us the elf is like the encanto. Okay, okay. Um, who have been described to be like you know thin people with light skin. Mm, uh, mm. The duende, the duende and the nuno are closer to dwarf, dwarven like creatures. Okay. Um, so so yes, that they live in the back. Uh, they they were the they were a brown they were the brown duende, um, and uh, they said. Um, oh, and then the other thing that they said was uh, that there was another tribe. They said a tribe of black duende uh, lived in the garden in front. And they said that there was, they were at war with each other. They were at war with, um, they, they were at war because they wanted to occupy the house. They wanted, you know, to be in charge of the house. And later on, when the quest was done, when we were, I guess, doing a debrief with the questers, they asked us about how is your husband's business? How is your dad's business doing? And they said, on the times when your dad's business is doing well, it meant the brown duende was winning because they brought you luck. And on the times it was doing bad, it was because the black duende was winning and they brought you bad luck. Wow. So it was like, okay, I mean, but, you know, you think about it and, you know, a business would have its regular ups and ups downs. Ups and downs, yeah. So, so you take that with a grain of salt, but that's what they, that's what they said. Um, the, the brown duende then said, if you, I mean, if, uh, I can't remember the exact words, but essentially they asked for permission. They said, we want to help you against the black duende. So, they requested that we open the door from the lanai, which led to the house. Can you please uh, open that door every 3 p.m.? Because they wanted to come inside the house to pray to the Virgin Mary. Wow. So we had a statue. Uh, my mom had you know, uh, a big statue of the Sacred Heart and the Virgin Mary. Um, and, and a crucifix, uh, which was in the living room. They said, we want to pray to the Virgin Mary. And then the other strange request was, um, can, can you bring us fish? They wanted fish and rice to be brought to a specific tree in the garden. Do you remember we, what fish? Was it like to your... They just Nungo? said it was any fish, any, any uh, fish with, with no seasoning, no salt. Oh, okay. So yeah, I can't remember. I guess it was dying. I don't know. Okay, okay. <laughs> Very salty, but anyway. Which we, you know, for the heck of it, we said, well, you know, what have we got to lose? Um, so for a while, that's what that's what the, we did. 
I, I don't know if things I can't remember now did things get better or not but, but did I the would, fish disappear like the fish and rice yeah, yeah the fish would disappear but again we're thinking you know the dog is out there <laughs> <laughs> okay so we, we don't know if it was of course you know the uh, he wasn't fond of fish but I don't maybe he developed a taste for it but yes the fish did disappear so maybe I don't know there were cats around so um so it's me rationalizing, right? <laughs> um, but the other interesting thing that we discovered, so so that was the whole... Oh, the other interesting bit was, uh, um, what do you call this? Oh, they said, one of the, du- one of the duende presented himself and he said, uh, he's, he introduced himself as Tom Jones. He oh. said, and he said he liked, hanging outside the window of the room in the middle because it played uh, loud music. It played rock music. And that was Brandy's room where every time he comes home, he would play really loud, uh, well, grunge music. It was the <laughs> night, by the way. He really played really, you know. So it was interesting that they brought in that detail, you know. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, where... where so I'm, I'm again. I'm trying to rationalize. You know, did did they did the duende really see this, or did they just notice that there was a stereo in that room? And okay. you know, um, part of me was still a skeptic, and part of me, you know, wanted to believe what they were talking about. The third thing that they said was, oh, the uh, sorry, the the other entity that came forward was a diwata. So it turns out in my mom's my in my mom's uh, work area, her library, uh, that's where a diwata hangs out, and uh, she said that uh, she likes staying in that area of the house, mm-hmm. uh, and that she um, that she uh, looks over my mom. She said uh that that she likes the lady who stays there and protects her the uh, the interesting thing was the the diwata uh did not speak to the medium who was a girl she went to one of the guys so one of the guys who is part of the spirit quest is tisoy and you know yeah. a handsome guy and after the quest they were saying oh yeah he always gets approached by the diwatas <laughs> So it turns out, you know, even if you're you're a handsome guy, you might just be attracting uh, an entity, and you just don't know it. <laughs> Mahirap maging pogi. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> In English, it's hard to be handsome. Ingat ka jiggy. No, 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 no. I'm not. <laughs> Stop it, Budge. Stop it. <laughs> You'll never know who might be like, you know, oh, suddenly trending you on uh, Facebook or something like that. <laughs> I'm actually scared of editing this podcast now. <laughs> of what you might suddenly hear? Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to edit uh, it while you're in the background. <laughs> oh, God. Um, now, anyway, are you friends with some questors? I am, but funnily enough, we've never hung out about it. Oh, we, okay. I mean, I mean there. Uh, Richie Ramos was part of the Spirit Quest. Uh, uh, Marion, uh, my batchmate, my classmate in in college, was part of the Spirit Quest. But now that you, funny that you should ask that. I have never bothered to ask them about the quests. Mm. Uh, 
Um, oh, sorry. One last interesting bit, and I don't know if your listeners would be interested in it. After the quest, they the instructions, the uh, the decontamination uh, procedure after a quest is you must get all of your clothes um, that that you wore at the quest. You need to get a bucket of water, a balde. Yeah. Uh, fill it with salt. And then put all the clothes there, and you leave it overnight. And that is supposed to dispel, um, you know, whatever energies came to you uh, uh, on on that particular quest. And it's then, amazing how salt solves everything for the paranormal. Exactly. Um, like if you're a salt company, like you'd market it every <laughs> Halloween. Don't forget your salt. <laughs> I did. It was funny. I did see. Uh, um, there's this uh, store here in Denmark called Tiger, and they package their uh, they package their seasoning in with quirky copy on the front. So that's how they packaged garlic. They said good for vampires and your dish, and, <laughs> and then they also package the salt in the same way. That's 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 funny. Okay, okay. I have a few more to- questions for you, Budge. Like yep, we can I do know. a fast round. I don't want to take much of your time since you have a lunch. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> during like company retreats for whether whether it was for Nescafe or 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 an MRM in general, did people stay away from you when it was in the province? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Thankfully, not. And and not everyone gets to hear that story of me getting possessed. But that does come up. Wait, uh, you were possessed? Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, Sorry, yeah, I thought it was a separate occasion. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but no, thankfully, they don't look. give me the weird look after they find out all of the weird stuff about living with duendes and all of that. So maybe there are other X-Files from you that we can talk about another time. <laughs> yes, yes, let's do that. And then, okay, scariest Filipino movies for you? I think... So generally, I stay away <laughs> from. Really, just like you, I'm I'm a scaredy cat. I don't wanna, I avoid uh, you horror sh- movies. You share a lot of these scary stories. Okay, go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think I've lived through enough, and I don't want to relive it. Right. Okay. Um, I think Shake, Rattle, and Roll is still for me the first uh, one. The first, uh, well, what the two particular stories that I still remember, or at least I know, still scares me is, is Frigidaire. <laughs> okay. Which was the possessed refrigerator, mm-hmm. um, and of course the the Manananggal uh, one. This was from the first one, I believe. I think it was the first one. Uh, so for me, the one that really scares me until now was my tita, my auntie's bit, Yaya. Yes. That featured Lilia Kuntapay. Ah, we, that came out in the most recent ones, right? That was um, Shake, Rattle, and Roll 3, the first act. Oh, okay. okay. So I interviewed Yvette Tan, and yes. she told me that she had a conversation with Peke Galiaga. Okay. Okay. So among all the stories, he said that there was one true story. Oh. And it happened to be that one. Oh. And the the house supposedly is in Fairview. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's on YouTube if you want to watch that segment. Yeah. It still scares me. And then the... Th- um, 
also from the third shat- shake rattle and roll movie the third act was nanay Which and one? it was about the shokoi oh okay so it i had a hard time crapping during that time <laughs> i hated it yes. i hated it yeah <laughs> it's amazing how these horror movies just take yeah uh everyday objects like the fridge and the toilet and yeah. just make you absolutely scared of for it. my brother it's the halimaw sa banga that scared oh, him oh yeah 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 yeah. and mm. and our houses back then that used to everyone needed to have one of those things it's like I know like my grandmother had so many of these giant vase the bangas in her house and it's just really scary <laughs> well I think the belief was it is supposed to bring you luck right I mean that's yeah. why you have it there so that it's the receptacle of good luck, but you need to keep it clean. But yeah, you just never know what's going to be inside that thing. So there's a Tressa story for you. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, now that you mentioned Shake, Rattle, and Roll, how I wish it was on on Netflix or some kind of streaming service. It would be great I to... talk to a friend who used to work for ABS-CBN. It seems mm. like they're doing a dump on their brand new streaming service called I Want TFC. Nice. So they were saying like all the horror movies of my tita are there. So ah. hmm. I, I just don't know if Shake Rattle and Roll is there. They should yeah, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean Star Cinema had done uh quite a bit. And yes, I mean I, I mean I have not had a chance to watch the Fong Soy series, but that's something that a lot of oh, I can't watch that alone. <laughs> they they say it is it is a pretty scary one. It is, it is. Because in the beginning, there'd be these two kids um, inviting spirits. Oh, great. So, what, kids, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah. And before when they were still Studio 23. Yeah. Like, uh, I tried watching it. Like, oh, Feng Shui is on, on TV. So I tried watching, and then oh, no. it was that scene. Spirito, spirit, like, okay, screw this. I'm watching something. <laughs> yeah, there, were, there was a really funny video which uh, made fun of all of the, yeah, the stupid things kids would do in a horror movie. And they said, yeah. what happens if you have uh, level-headed, really practical kids in horror movies? And they said, no horror would happen. And there was that one scene where, yeah, the kids were like, there was the cursed, you know, chest, and there was a voice saying, "Open the chest." And the kid <laughs> said, "No, I'm not gonna do that." <laughs> no, open the chest. I'm not gonna do that. So, and it just played with all of the tropes. Of okay. Okay. Anyway, as a final, as a final question, so if Trese had a Lego set, oh. what would the set include? Like, would you create the diabolical, a ballet tree? Like, what would you do? Wow, that's a. Why am I stumped? That's that's a very <laughs> like a balletta tree would be nice. Yeah, yeah, the balletta tree. Maybe the balletta tree with uh with the manhole, so you would have the Nuno a manhole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the diabolical would be awesome, but if you think about, well, yeah, the diabolical has been drawn maybe in one or two issues, so. Yeah, it would be, and and then populate that just like the most icely uh, set. Yes. You populate yes, that yes, yes. diabolical set with all of the creatures, uh, all of the Aswang and other creatures, right? But I would want to do, 
um, uh, to to recreate the race scene between Alexandra mm. and and Maliksi. So, mm-hmm. excuse me. Therefore, therefore, following what needs to be in a Lego set, then you have a vehicle, <laughs> okay. and then you have a creature. So it would be perfect, I think, for a Lego set. So you get the creature build and you have the vehicle build. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Can't wait. Any Budge, thank you so much. But where can your fans follow you? Apart from um, the Tressa page on Facebook, of course. Yep. Uh, yes, please do uh, follow us. On, and we promise not to scare you every time you come. Uh, or if that's what you want, we'll put more scary stuff. So there's facebook.com slash Tressa Comics. Uh, with a K? Uh, no, with a C. Oh, with a C, okay. Uh, with a C. Uh, there is actually a Facebook group page uh, where uh, the readers gather, and that's where I have no control over what they do, and it's fi- filled up with memes and all sorts of jokes. So if you want to hang out with fellow Trese readers, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember. I think it's I think it's what facebook.com slash groups slash Trese. Mm-hmm. I think I can put it in but the it's links. Normally- Okay, it's normally what pops up when you type in Trese or Trese Comics. Okay. Um, I did also create a personal page which focuses more on my writing. So it's facebook.com slash budget tan stories. Um, okay. Normally, I just I, I, I wanted it to be the place where I would like upload new short stories that aren't Trese, but I haven't had the chance to do that. So it's normally filled with uh, links to advice for writers or videos interviews with my favorite writers so yeah if you want a resource page about writing for comics or just writing in general uh then please follow that page yep thank you okay um also we wanted to remember danry ocampo who passed away recently and Uh, i'd like to danry we're friends please don't scare us um (laughs) In this podcast, please. Or please watch over us. Or yes. please watch over me while I'm editing this podcast. Like, I don't want to hear any additional audio. Yeah. Ah, yeah. But yes, Dan, Danry, um, uh, what do you call this? I was, you know, and I could see stories of, of other people, but I was chatting with Danry just a few days before he passed away. So yes, uh, you know, thank, thanks to Danry for... And it was amazing how much support and uh, he had given, I think, every single comic book creator he had ever met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Thank, thanks to Danry for um, making and the door just opened. But no, it's... <laughs> I feel like, what was that creaking sound? Oh. <laughs> yes. oh. Okay. Budge, thank you so much. Happy Treasure Day. Thank you, you. Yes, And happy yes, Halloween. Regards to yes. the family. Please, please. Okay. He's hungry. Yes. Budge, uh, thank you so Hall- much. Thank you very much, Jiggy. Happy Halloween. Happy Trese Day to everyone who's listening to this. Uh, and and thanks, thanks, Jiggy, for all these years of supporting our works. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. So we'll talk again soon, Budge. All right. See you. All right. Bye.
My sincerest thanks to Budgetan for sharing his stories. If you like that podcast, please do share with your friends. I would very much appreciate that. And please give your honest reviews by rating it on Apple Podcasts. Your five-star reviews will be super, super appreciated. So this has been the Geek Speak Podcast with Jiggy Cruz. I'll talk to you guys next time.